0: Today, we talk about the need for a website. Whether you are a content creator or product manufacturer, you know you need to have a presence on the digital landscape where your business or identity resides. This is where people can find you to interact or purchase items. But websites are a bit of work. It is so much easier to have a Facebook page, YouTube account, or whatever social media platform you enjoy. And there are many options out there for creating that digital home. Today, I will review your options, and I will make the case for why a website should be in your plans to begin with, or at least within the short term. This is Bill Strand, and you are listening to the Reptile Entrepreneur Podcast, where we build responsible and successful businesses in the reptile community. So, as you can tell already, I am a big fan of having a website. But a website is not the only option for having a digital home base. Mainly because websites aren't that simple and take effort to maintain. And when there is a problem, you can kiss a day of productivity away as you search for what broke. So a whole host of options have sprung up from free and simple, which will be basic but effective, to a full-fledged website which can rise in complexity to match however much money and staff you can throw at it. But let's narrow our discussion to options for a one-person entrepreneur just trying to get something up and running so they can get to the 50 other things they have to do in the day. Your first and easiest option is to actually bypass the website and create a profile on the social media of your choice. Of the major social media sites out there, Facebook is the easiest to create a business profile that has the basic information and allows you to interact with your customer base. Facebook has a large reptile community, So you are right smack dab in the middle of things. You could set up a Facebook business page on a Saturday morning and be connecting with your audience Saturday afternoon. And in truth, some people have just a Facebook business page and that's it. But Facebook has a serious complication for those of us in the reptile industry in that it is hostile towards anything to do with the sales of animals. So if you are a breeder, Facebook is a very tricky place to be. In fact, when Facebook clamped down on this a couple years ago, it wiped many breeders off the map whose only presence was Facebook. But it is very easy to put up a Facebook business page and give the appearance of being a real business, so it's worth doing whether you have a website or not. Other people do their business off of Instagram or Pinterest. The key is finding where your customer base is. For people whose businesses are very strong in the e-commerce, Another option is to make a business account on a storefront platform such as Amazon or Etsy. You can use social media as your marketing and outreach, and then send them to your Amazon or Etsy store. There is a huge advantage in using these platforms. Someone else is taking care of making sure they run smoothly. When my website has a problem, I wipe off my calendar and spend hours figuring out which plugin is not updated and how it is now interfering with another plugin. Or what is going wrong with the server that makes me stay on hold for 30 to 45 minutes to speak to tech support? Because it always seems to go down during the busiest part of the day. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, Amazon, Etsy, these are not going down. And if they do, it is not your problem. There will be instant mobilization of the greatest tech minds in Silicon Valley to get the platform back up and running. So why don't we all just go down that route? Well, there is a price to be paid and freedom to be given up. Whenever you use someone else's platform, you have to live under their rules, which can change at any moment. As all the breeders found out, when Facebook decided that they would remove anyone suspected or accused of selling animals. Even now, Facebook animal groups can disappear in the middle of the night without explanation or recourse. I worked with the General Reptile Group with 30-plus thousand members that literally disappeared with no explanation. There were no animal sales allowed, so the reason for this is still unknown. Now, some people have been able to appeal their page being taken down, but it is very much a guilty and executed until proven innocent. You think maybe this doesn't affect you? Well, possibly not now. With PETA buying Facebook stock, who knows how far it'll go officially or unofficially. With zero mandatory transparency, you have no idea what is happening in the Facebook boardroom. But you say, I am safe. The rules specifically say that you can offer caging and pet support products. Except I bring you back to the hordes of activists making accusations that Facebook acts on without asking you first. So, with all this grief, Do you need to be on the world's largest social media site? Well, the answer is yes. That's where your customers are, so you need to have a presence there. But I strongly suggest that you do not use a social media platform as your primary business hub. No problem, you say. I use Instagram. Yes, well, Instagram is owned by Facebook. All social media sites are owned by someone who is under pressure by special interest groups all the time to push their agenda. This is a huge reason why we need to grow strong as a community and support our political efforts. So what do you do when Amazon or Etsy decides they aren't going to allow sales of pet products? Sounds ridiculous that that would ever happen, and maybe it is. But please do not think we are a mainstream community yet. We are still vulnerable. The lesson learned here is that even if you have a page or account on these social media or e-commerce platforms, which is a great plan, You do not want to rely on them to keep your business alive. They are a good marketing and sales outreach to bring people to your home base. But in all of this, there are three things that you own and cannot be taken away from you by a board of directors or CEO deciding they do not agree with your life's work. Those are a website, a podcast, and an email list. Yes, you do use a hosting provider for all of those, so it seems we're never totally safe, but hosting providers are much further down the censorship path. And, worst case scenario, you could be your own host for your website and podcast. Though this is well into the realm of hypothetical. The chances of politics getting that bad are slim, even for my cynical mind. As long as what you are doing is legal, and not causing people to do illegal things, You should not have a problem with a hosting provider. So a website should be top of the list as far as your plans to establish your business. But how do you go about doing this? Because it is complicated to navigate all the steps of creating a website, many companies have stepped up to the plate and have made website builders that mean you do not have to learn HTML coding. These options range from very controlled, where you don't have many options with which to get yourself in trouble, to very open, where it's pretty much the Wild West, and you can get into all sorts of trouble you never imagined. And with those varying levels come varying levels of effort from you in learning how to use website building tools. I'm going to talk about the website building options out there, but first I want to do a public service announcement on free things. And then I'll review some terms so we can be on the same page. And finally, I'll list some website builders that you can use that will help you get a website up relatively quickly. So first, my public service announcement on Free stuff. It is tempting to look for free options. In fact, that is why free options are available. Free attracts all sorts of people. But as someone who is working on building a business, I would ask you how long do you think your doors would be open if you did things for free? There is always a catch. Always. Some catches are obvious, and you form a symbiotic relationship with your free provider. If you eat a fruit off of a tree for free, the expectation is that you will dump the seed inside that fruit somewhere else. You see, nature did it first. Fruit is the original free offering. You think that plants produce fruit out of the goodness of their heart? Nope. They are just attracting seed dispersers. Free nectar? That's to get pollinators to do their job. Free website? You'll be advertising the provider's name in hopes that a potential paying customer will see the name or that you will upgrade. So you get a free website from Weebly, for example. Weebly is a website builder service, and they get to put a billboard with their name on your website. So you become advertisement. You get a free website, and they get advertisement. Do you love your free Facebook and Instagram? All you have to do is give them your shopping, spending, and browsing habits, and they'll stay as unobtrusive as possible while you take the constant dopamine hits off their platform. I guess we haven't gone too far from the fruit and nectar strategy, have we? I often use the example of Donkey Island from the Pinocchio story, where kids are lured to the island and given all the candy and amusement park rides they want. They find out too late that they are slowly turning into donkeys and will be used as workers in the mines. The parallels are, well, just consider it next time you bask in that free shipping from Amazon. Free becomes a serious thing to think about When you start looking at websites, if you get anything for free, and that's in big air quotes, know what you are giving in return. Is it a limited time offer? Is it an introductory version to give you a taste for wanting the paid version? If you use this free item, will you now be an advertiser for the company giving it to you? Was this free software a senior project for a student who got her degree and now won't be supporting it? Whenever someone puts in time, effort, and money to create something, they are doing it for a reason. And if they are spending time, effort, and money maintaining it, they are doing it for a continued benefit. Make sure you're okay with what you are using for payment. Personally, I make it a point not to use free things if possible. Paying in dollars is more straightforward and more reliable as a benefit to the provider. Because if you are paying for the service by allowing advertising on your website, viewing advertising, or giving up personal data, then you are merely the means to the end of finding people with dollars to give. You are more valuable as a user if you are the one giving them the dollars, and that is where you get the best products and best customer service when you need it. Although I encourage and support saving as much money as possible in the beginning, be very careful and aware when you accept anything for free. It isn't free. You may not be giving of money, but you are giving of something. Just be fully aware of how you are paying for it and make sure you are good with that. I mention this specifically now because you can find so much free software when building your website. It can get easy to fall into the trap of expecting to be able to find any plugins or services you want for free. Just take care out there. You can get away with the free version on many of these things for at least a little bit of time. Just don't fall into the trap of thinking you're getting away with anything. Now, enough with the public service announcement. Let's get on to how a website actually works. To navigate the website world, I want to give a brief overview of how this all works as far as websites. I'll give a statement and explain each part. Your website has a unique name called a domain name. This is how the world finds you in the digital realm. All of your files for your website are stored on a hosting server. This is a physical bank of memory chips that is accessible by computers on the Internet. You build all those files, which are the structure of your website, using a content management system, or a CMS, or you use a web builder. All clear? Yeah, probably not. So I'm going to explain each one of these, but only as much as you need to start on your first website. So let's dive down just a little bit more. Your website needs a domain name. This is what you type in the browser to tell it where to go. My domain name here is reptileentrepreneur.com. I got this name by going to a domain registrar, in this case, Bluehost, and typed it in to see if it was taken. My name was open because, of course, the world has just been waiting for me to do this, and I purchased the use of it. Now the name is mine, and I can host the website it points to anywhere I want. Of course, it makes sense to host it where I reserved it, which I did, but you are free to take it anywhere. Now that you have a name, you need a place to store all the computer files that will make up your website. This is the text, the images, the charts, and everything else that will be part of your website. Technically, you could store them all or host them on your home computer. The problem is that your internet provider may not be set up to handle all the traffic your soon-to-be-wildly-successful website will require. And the more images you have, the more space your website takes, and the more traffic you will have to handle. The vast majority of website owners hire a company that has huge memory banks and internet traffic capacity to host their website files, so you don't have to worry about it. For example, ReptileEntrepreneur.com is hosted at Bluehost. ChameleonAcademy.com is hosted at another provider, GoDaddy. Different hosts offer different services. But for this website, ReptileEntrepreneur.com, my hosting service, Bluehost, stores all of my files and handles all of the internet traffic requesting to see the website. Now, I need some way of designing and updating my website. I could code it using HTML, which is a computer language, and you are all yelling no. Hmm. Well, I agree. Do not spend your time learning HTML. There are content management systems like WordPress and web builder sites like Wix or Weebly, Squarespace, or Shopify that will give you the ability to intuitively design a website. Even the hosts I talked about, Bluehost and GoDaddy, have their own web builders to make it easy. I have spent the last decade working in WordPress, so I know that best. WordPress gives you enormous freedom to build your site, but it also has a bit of a learning curve. The other web builder services reduce your options, but they make it much easier to get up and running quickly. There are pros and cons to each way, but if you're just starting out, there's nothing wrong with making it easy and working with Weebly, Wix, or Squarespace. Shopify is a little bit more complicated, but it's an incredibly powerful e-commerce platform. And WordPress, well, it's the system I love to hate. WordPress is used to design and create 64% of all the websites in the world. So it is, by far, the most used content management system to build websites. Shopify is a close second at around 5%. WordPress allows you to do so much, but has so many moving parts that it requires a little effort to learn. And when something goes wrong, it can be a challenge to troubleshoot. But And here is a huge consideration. Hundreds of millions of web designers are in the same boat. And so it is amazing how easy it is to find answers to your questions on YouTube. It is like the global community came together and created a crowdsourced manual. I am quite impressed with how good YouTube is for learning and troubleshooting WordPress whenever I have a question. And that's probably enough to absorb right now. Building a website will be a regular discussion topic here on the podcast. Not only will I be sharing the steps on how to put this all together, I'll share what to do when things go wrong. Honestly, knowing how to fix things when they don't behave as expected is half the battle. I know it is intimidating figuring out how to get a web presence. And yes, there are a lot of odds and ends to sort through. And yes, we will sort through all of those odds and ends as this podcast matures. If you have been debating getting started with a website, then your assignment this week will be to think about a domain name. If you have one already or figure one out, then visit the show notes for episode 2. I'll have a tutorial with links and step-by-step instructions as to how to reserve your domain name. I'll go a bit further so you can complete the package and also suggest a hosting plan that you can get at the same time if you are up for going the WordPress route. You'll be getting a little bit ahead of what we're talking about on the podcast here. So until we catch up, I will also suggest some good WordPress learning videos that can help you get a taste for web design. I have to admit, I love working with WordPress and putting together websites. Building websites is a lot of fun. Anyway, check out the show notes for Episode 2 if you're ready to take on the next step. I can show you how to get set up on the same hosting plan that I have right now, so you know it works. Next week, we will have our first Reptile Entrepreneur interview. We talk with Dave Brahms about prototyping and production with 3D printing. We're going to be getting into a regular schedule of an industry interview on Monday and a personal viewpoint, product comparison, or whatever I'm in the middle of on Thursday. So Monday is all business. The Thursday episode is, well, whatever's on my mind. And that is enough to think about today. Please do me the favor of leaving a review on your podcast provider so other people know that this is a good place to be. And share this episode with someone that could benefit from having a website. Thank you for joining me here. We are gaining momentum, and I am excited for where we are headed. Take care of yourself. Take care of our reptile community family. And let's see what we can build. This is Bill Strand signing off.